important, okay? First, let's go over to Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Thank you, Lord. I certainly have enjoyed this class. You know that this will be the last class that we will have until after the holidays sometime in January or, you know, whatever, whenever the Lord leads, but for sure not until January. 28, 11, 28, come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden. And if you don't believe that, just take your grandkids on vacation. <laughs> with you and you'll be wore out when you get home <laughs> but uh uh but but so one of the best ways to rest is not is uh to just to come unto the lord and let him give us rest the bible says they that wait upon the lord will mount up with wings as eagles and they'll run and not be weary and they'll walk and not faint and so just getting before the lord and spending some time with him can do more to rest us than anything we could do in the natural realm you know it's not a spa treatment that's going to rest us that might temporarily relax us but we'll step right back off that spa table. I've actually never gone and done that, but I know people advocate that for relaxation. And so anyway, um, uh, but we come to him. We come to him. And then in the last part, that's in verse 28, number 29 talks about to us that uh, that the, one of the best ways is to take his yoke upon us. In other words, don't take anything that's not his yoke. Because in verse 30, it says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if we're overburdened and we have on a hard yoke, we've taken on something that's not God. And so that talks about that. We're going to address that a little bit today. The message Bible says, are you tired, worn out, burned out? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I think that sounds wonderful, don't you? So uh, we have a question we could answer here is if we're tired and worn out, which that's what it said in the Message Bible. Who should we go to first? And we know that God says, come to me first. When you feel tired and worn out, come to me first. Draw away. Get somebody to take care of the kids for a few minutes or whatever you have to do. Or if you're, uh, uh, And go into your room, shut the door, and draw away with God. And then um, <coughs> staying concerning staying full, staying full of... Um, Stay full. Keep the keep stay full. We have to know our limitations. You know, a lot of times we can be our own worst enemy. We can put stuff on ourselves that uh, God's not really put on our put on us. Uh, you know, we can especially see that sometimes at Christmas time. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. We are putting uh, an expectation of perfection or something on ourselves. Or it has to be done this way. Or I have to bake these cookies this year. But I don't know about you, but I found out, you know, you can actually have Christmas sometimes without doing those things. And so I know there's a lot of things. I always have in Christmas time a lot of things I want to do. But I have to be realistic and not and um, <clears throat> know my limitations. Uh, don't be your own worst enemy. Don't spend your time doing things that have no purpose. Uh, sometimes, you know, concerning, and, and I don't know why, I guess I've got Christmas on my mind today, but I've noticed that sometimes there's things that I want really badly, like I want this done or this decorated this week way, and you know, my kids don't really care that much about it as I do. And so that can be a thing that I'm doing, that I'm spending a lot of energy on that has no purpose. Or maybe it's a cookie that you're the only one in the family that will eat. Y'all ever have something like that? And you're like, I just got to have this at Christmas time. But I'm really the only one that eats it. 
you know. I know at, I grew up on Thanksgiving when the turkey and dressing. When I grew up, you had to have celery stuffed with homemade pimento cheese with your turkey and dressing. Well, I mean, my grandmother and my mother, you didn't have turkey and dressing without celery. And I found that every family has that. My, my stepmother, they don't have Thanksgiving without bean salad. She takes canned pinto beans and drains them and makes some sort of makes a salad out of them. Don't even sound good, does it? But the her they can't have Thanksgiving without bean salad with their turkey and dressing. And every family has one of those. But sometimes we have little things like that in our lives, recipes or certain decorating things or certain things that really nobody's getting a big charge out of this but us. And so uh, we're wearing ourselves out doing something that has no purpose. So we need to make sure we're not spending time doing things that have no purpose. Things that do nothing to fulfill your life's purpose, but are just pawned onto you by the world system. You know, sometimes the world system wants to pawn things on us. And you know, we need to be careful with that, but we also have to guard our kids because the world system will try to pawn things on them too at school. Like, you know, in high school, being all the clubs or being this club. And it's like, okay, what does the journalism club have to do? I know when I went to high school, I don't know if it's this way now, it's like we wanted to be in every club that Seagraves High School had. And why did we want to? Because in the yearbook, or the annual we called it, under your senior picture, it would say, okay, like band, one, two, three, four choir one two and we wanted that list to be long so we joined every club and it's like okay what does future farmers of america have to do with you unless you're going to be a farmer and so we have to teach our kids those things it wasn't such a big deal in my day because we weren't as busy as they are now but now we really do have to help our children to filter and we can do that also by filtering our own lives so know what god has called us to help our kids know what god has called us to you know called them to you know it shouldn't be like we'll try everything son and see what you like no it shouldn't be that way and know what god has called and gifted you to do and also as women of god with wisdom we need to know what season of life we're in in other words, we could put a lot of burden on ourselves. You know, for instance, I'm in a season of life where all my kids are gone. And so Pam could unduly burden herself trying to to do things the way I do it at my home. But she can't because she's got three kids at home. Right? And so you have to know what season you're in. And you have to live in that season. So we need to ask ourselves some questions. Have you blended your season of life with your gifts and callings? Have you blended your season of life with your gifts and callings? Just think about that a minute. Are you living in your, are you fully embracing the season you're in? Because you don't want to miss the season. You know, if you, and there's nobody in here that does, but when people have a little baby or a toddler, if you're not careful, you can totally, you can totally miss the season. You can like, Okay, the kid's four years old. I can't even hardly remember when they were a baby because I didn't really embrace that season. I was too busy trying to live in another season. And uh, because uh, when you get a baby, the season definitely does change. And then at toddler, there's a different season. And at high school, there's a different season. And so be sure you're in your season and know what God has called you to do and know what God has gifted you to do. And then you need to think about how many plates has God called you to spend? I mean, if you will look at the things you're involved in as plates, and you know you've seen them on TV spinning plates, and you can automatically just figure out real quick, 
I, God never could have called me to spend this too, this many plates. This is too many plates. And you know when you try to too, spend too many plates, and I've been here in my life where, where you're not really doing anything real good. You're just you're kind of just barely staying afloat, and you're kind of just getting enough done to to, uh, to 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 say you barely got it done, but you're not succeeding or excelling in any area. And sometimes it's a lot better just to lay down some of the plates, and you know the ones you can. You can't lay down and say, "Well, I'm just not going to spend that teenager plate." No, you got them. You're going to spend it. You need to. And uh, but uh, you may can lay down some other plates and say, maybe it's sewing, for instance. If you've got three teenagers and you love to sew, you may need to lay the sewing plate down for a little while until they're gone. And and so so you may have to change some things. Are you putting more pressure on yourself than God is? I know a lot of times I've put more pressure on me than God was actually putting on. Are you doing anything you're not called to do? You need to think about that. Hallelujah. Are you doing anything you're not graced to do? That's another way of saying it. Uh, sometimes we're like, I don't know if I'm doing anything I'm not called to do. Well, you need to back up and say, am I doing anything I'm not really graced to do? Am I doing something that I really, it's like, um, it just doesn't seem like it works. Do you need to get out of an unproductive relationship or an organization? And I'm not talking about your marriage. I'm talking about other relationships. If they are unproductive or organizations that you're in that are unproductive. And so you say, well, Miss Debbie, how do I know if something is unproductive? Well, here's how you know. Is it benefiting you? Or is it benefiting someone God has assigned you to? So, you know, it's not always, I'm not talking about being selfish all the time, but it's got to be benefiting somebody somewhere, you know, or, or, or it's not something God has called us to do. Is it creating strife? Is it creating division in your family or even in just inside you? Is it creating sickness? You know, there's a scripture that says if your hand causes you to sin, to cut it off. And sometimes we're like, okay, what does that mean? But what it's really talking about is the things in our life that cause us to sin, we need to cut them off. That means if we like Taco Casa, but maybe there's some employees that work there that every time we go in there, we end up getting mad. And in strife because of the employees, but we really like the food, but we need to cut it off. Well, it'd be easy to cut that off. You just go to a different one. But I'm just talking about anything in your life that's causing you to habitually get in strife or habitually uh, get in division or habitually, uh, it just causes, it always causes problems. You know, when we do this, we always get in a fight going there. You got any, have you ever had anything where no matter what, you and your husband, when y'all did that, you always got in a fight. Well, you need to cut that off because the Bible says if something's causing you to sin to cut it off and so we need to do what we have to do to stay out of sin so how is you, that's how you know if something's productive is is it producing fruit if it's not producing good fruit then it's unproductive and and we get out of that God actually ordains us to have boundaries in our lives but we're the ones that have to recognize the boundaries and we're also the ones that have to enforce the boundaries God's not going to enforce boundaries for us uh, we have to ask ourselves the question, are we doing more than God desires for us to do? 
If we do, we're going to have unnecessary stress. We're going to have an emotional overload if we're doing more than God desires us to do. Did you know that doing more is disobedience just like not doing? Not doing the will of God is disobedience, but doing more than He asks us to do is also disobedience. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 now. We're talking today about staying full and about plugging the drain, plugging the things that drain, plugging the hole in the bathtub, plugging the drain, so that so that when we do go to the Word of God, when we do come to church, when we do come to Bible study like this, and we get full up, when we do pray and speak in tongues, then we don't go turn around and just drain all the power that we put in. We don't just turn around and drain it right back off. That's what we're talking about today. Verse 13 of chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians. But we will not boast of things without our measure or outside our measure. But according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed us, a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. Now Paul talking about his preaching. And he says, I don't go out and try to preach somewhere that's not my assignment. That's basically what he's saying. I don't go and try to go and do something that's some other man's labors. And you know, we certainly can see that, that God has assigned people to preach in certain places. God has assigned people to um, to preach in certain ways. So we can't, we can't do somebody else's ministry or do their ministry like they are. They do it. Or, or, and we can't say, well, you know, really in this town, there's nobody that's doing a, a ministry for alcoholism. I think I'll just do that. That, that is, if God's not giving you that assignment, that measure, we're not supposed to be doing things that are not our assignment. Now, I know Mr. Carl, he has the assignment of going to prison. And he knows that's his assignment, and he just, he goes to prison. Every Tuesday night, he goes to prison. He's just, he's on God's assignment, but he doesn't try to do things that are outside of his assignment. That's his assignment. He doesn't say, well, you know, God called me to go to the Tuscaloosa jail. Well, then he must have called me to go down to Greensboro. No, he does his assignment, and that's all he does. And so that's what Paul's talking about. But we can take that over in other areas of life and say, okay, am I doing something I'm not really assigned to do? Am I trying to work outside? my measure. Because if you are, you're going to be neglecting the things that God has assigned you to do because you're not going to do a good job on them and you're going to have you're going to have no grace to do it. And uh, uh, so we have to find these things out. It's very dangerous to get out beyond your realm of authority. It's, it's dangerous. It is dangerous to try to get into an office. If you're not called to preach, to be a pastor, to try to get into that office when you're not called to do it is not, not just not good. It is, uh, and unproductive. It is dangerous. Uh, so we have to find out what is my call? What is my focus? For this season of my life, I've seen women before that had little bitty kids that said, you know, I, I think I'm called to be a Joyce Meyer. But if you've got three little kids at home, you're not called to be a Joyce Meyer right now. You're, you're called to raise three little kids. And so we have to know what our season is. So operating outside of God's grace. Let me give you some signs that you're operating out of God's grace. Some of the symptoms are this. Unusual frustration. 
So, you know, when you're at this situation or when you're doing it or even after it's over, or do you have unusual frustration, dissatisfaction? Do you have an overall dissatisfaction with life? Do you? I have been in seasons of my life where I'm just like, so I'm just not satisfied. I don't know why. You know, I love you, God, and I love my family and I love my church, but something's not satisfied in me. Or are things just not working? Does every day just seem like, man, nothing's working right, nothing's, nothing's flowing here? Physical symptoms in our bodies can be a sign that we are not flowing in, in God's grace. We are not, we've, sometimes we've either missed the turn or we didn't make the turn we were supposed to make. You know, you can stay too long. And you got to, you know, Kenny Rogers sang a song. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And, you know, I know that's not a spiritual song. I know it's talking about poker. I'm not, I really do know that. But, and I don't play poker. But, you know, that's the truth with following the Holy Ghost. You got to listen to God and you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. I'll give you an example. And this is just my opinion. But I, I, we've been talking about football a lot. And we was talking about football coaches. And we are remembering back to all, since we've lived here, we've had five Alabama football coaches. And I remember that the year Mike DuBose, he had all sorts of problems. And you know, I don't know if y'all know this, but he repented. He went to another church that's spirit-filled in town, got filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, he got his life turned around. And that year, that next year, after he did that, that spring, his life was a mess. That year, God gave him the SEC championship. He got that that year. Was that 1999? Okay. God gave him that. And I told Pastor, I said, he needs to quit. He needs to quit. Now's the time to fold him. It's time to fold him, but he didn't do it. You know, a lot of times we just like, oh, I won. I need to keep going. No, you won't go out on top. And he needed to quit. And the next year, you know, it just, you know, it just fell apart. So uh, that's how we have to be in our lives. And I'm not judging him or anything, just observing, trying to learn from watching people uh, and, and besides from the Word of God. And so uh, if, if, if we're having symptoms in our body and things are not working, you know, we might not, uh, we may have been supposed to fold it and we didn't fold it. Uh, emotional unrest, just, you know, something emotionally not peaceful. That could be another way we could say it. A feeling that something just isn't right. Have you ever had that feeling where it's like, I don't know, but something's just not right here. Things that don't just don't flow or when everything seems difficult. So there's some signs that you have gotten either out of got somewhere out of the bounds of your authority and uh, maybe you're spinning too many plates or maybe you're just spinning one plate, but it's a plate you're not supposed to be spinning. In John chapter 5, verse 30, John 5, 30, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. I can of my own self do nothing. We can do nothing without Him. And you know, so that means if we can do nothing without Him, but we're doing something that He's not calling us to do, we really can't do it. And so we will just be frustrated. We'll be fighting to do it. We'll, uh, uh, we, can't, we just can't get it done. And do you have the Amplified? Why don't we read that in the Amplified? 
I am I am able to do nothing from myself independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God and as I get his orders. Even as I hear, I judge. I decide as I am bidden to decide. As the voice comes to me, so I give a decision, and my judgment is right, just, righteous, because I do not seek or consult my ways or will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who has sent me. So that's the place we want to go. Is And I think you're there. I, I don't want to do anything of my own. I don't want to do anything by my own will because I've already learned it's frustrating. It doesn't work. It's unproductive. It doesn't bear fruit. And basically, I'm not happy when I'm doing things that, of my own will that God didn't initiate. And all of us can miss it. And sometimes we get into things that's like, I, now I see that this wasn't God. At first I thought it was. Or something's changed here and I didn't pick up on the change. And so that's where we have to, uh, we have to back up and say, okay, God, I gotta, I gotta change something. I gotta stop something. Help me rearrange my life to get back where I am doing only what you have called me to do. Praise God. So what, uh, what has God called you to do? When we, this recipe, this John 530 is a recipe for abundant life. If we, we can't have the abundant life talked about in John 10, 10, which is abundant, stress-free, life, overflowing life. We cannot have that life without first going back to John 5, 30, where it says, I don't do anything that's not your will. I can't do anything without you. I don't do anything that I just dreamed up. Then let's go over to 1 Peter 4, 10. So we're all getting everything lined up. Do y'all agree? 1 Peter 4.10, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So take the gifts that you have received and minister to them one to another as good stewards. We have to be stewards good stewards of the grace of God. Hallelujah. We waste the grace when we try to do something we're not called to do. And when we don't do something uh, that, that we are called to do, it's wasting the grace of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Uh he talks about gifts differing here. In the Amplified Bible, it says faculties, talents, qualities. That we have faculties, talents, and qualities differing one from another. And that we are to use the grace or the faculty or talent that God has given to us. And we are to do it according to the proportion of our faith. I found that when we, when we, if we will just obey God, we will have faith to do it. We will have faith to do what He has called us to do. So, so we stay replenished. And, and one of the ways we stay replenished and we stay full is to plug the drain by not doing what God hasn't called us to do. Because we're going to be draining all the life all the, out of us every week if we are doing things He didn't put in our lives to do. Another way that we pl plug the drain, and we'll finish this in t today and uh, then we'll be dismissed, but um, is that we cultivate... God-given relationships or God-given friendships. When God gives us a relationship, now I'm not talking about marriage here. Put marriage out of your mind. I'm talking about relationships between friends. When, when we cultivate the friendships that God has given us, they are very nourishing to us. They, keep, they help us stay filled up. Um, 
especially when, when people are uh, 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 godly or of like precious faith. But, but, but other friendships, too, sometimes can be nourishing in, in some sort of way. Um, and every relationship or friendship in our life is either draining us or it's replenishing us. And sometimes high-maintenance friends can drain us. We can have relationships that drain us, and we want to. When we have a relationship that we realize, when I leave here, I'm just frazzled, or when I get away from this person, I am just drained. I feel like I've been just, yeah, the life has been sucked out of me. We have to evaluate that relationship, and first of all, we have to evaluate it like this: Did God call me to do it? And if He called me to do it, did He call me to the degree that I'm doing it? Sometimes it's not that God wants us to abandon people. He just doesn't want us. We need to back off somewhat. In other words, I may be doing it to more of a degree than God has called me to. When God gives, God wants to give us some friends that pour blessing and refreshment into our lives. And then he wants us to give, give us some people that we pour blessing and refreshment into their lives. And so we evaluate these relationships by saying... Am I, are they pouring blessing and refreshment into me? Or am I pouring blessing and refreshment into them? And you know, if it's neither one, then you need to ask God, what do I do about this relationship? Because I'm not, they won't let me bless them. You know, there are people that won't let you pour into them. They won't let you bless them. But if they are letting you bless them, then I would say that it's probably a relationship that God's honoring and that He will give you the grace to do it. And that's one of the ways that you find out whether I'm to stay in a relationship when I'm having to do all the pouring. You know, there are people that need you and that God has assigned you to to pour into their lives. And so you have to say... Do I have grace to do this? And if God's called you to a person because He wants to minister to them through you, then He gives you a grace to do it. He also will give you the faith to do it. Amen? And that means you won't, it won't, it, you know, you will realize that you're doing all the doing, but it won't cost you. Um, it, it, it won't it won't hurt you. It won't set you back in your faith life. And you know, also when you have that kind of relationship that you're pouring into, you have to say, you have to know when to stop. Because there will come a time when God's using you, and maybe then there will come a time when you've given them all that they will let you give them. Or maybe you'll just give them all. You can't take them to the next level. You gave them all you had to give. And then that's the time that you have to back away and they have to be weaned. You, God will not allow you. He may allow you to carry somebody on your faith for a while, but He won't allow you to carry them forever because He wants to wean them and He wants them. They have to do it on their own. Just like babies have to learn to walk on their own. It's not normal for mama to carry a 15-year-old. And he so God wants God says put that kid down when they're two and let them walk, and uh, and we have to wean them. And so sometimes God will have you to do that gradually, um, but sometimes we get a hold of somebody that won't let us minister to them, or they even if they pretend they let us minister to them, they really don't do or or heed what we say. They're really just like agreeing with us, but just going on with their lifestyle the way it is. Uh, Pastor says that's Second Timothy three seven, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Silly women ever learning. Silly, I'm sure there's some silly men too, but the verse says, Silly women ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so we, we have to examine our relationships because 
if if we're in if we're doing something God hadn't called us to do, there we go again. We got the bathtub drain that's unplugged, and we need to plug the drain so that we can stay full. We cannot afford. You cannot afford to allow somebody to drain you so much that then you're not able to do the things God has called you to, which is be a wife, be a mother, train your children. Uh, fulfill your the jobs that God has called you to do, fulfill your ministry at the church. And I tell you, I could start making lists this morning, and at 6 o'clock tonight, I'd still be making a list of all the church people I knew that could never do anything and serve God and fulfill the call of God that I know that was on their life because they were letting some relative or some person just totally suck the very life out of them just and, and 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 it really wasn't something God had called them to or it was something God had not called them to to that degree and that's called taking on false responsibility and one of the things the devil likes to do to burden us down is women and I think women are more susceptible to it than even men is to put false responsibility on us and it takes a lot of courage to say this is what I'm responsible for and even though even though you may get mad at me because I don't show up for this or I didn't do what you thought I should do for this funeral or this thing I'm going to do what God has called me to do and he's going to bless me and he's going to reward me and and he'll either help you get over it or you can just be mad or my grandmother used to say they'll get glad the same way they got mad I don't know what that means but that's what she used to say anyway you know it takes courage though but God has given us courage and he has given us courage that we could run our race and finish our course and not let anybody because the devil will use your your un your relatives who really don't mean to do it. I mean, if you ask them, do you want to mess up their life? They wouldn't say yes, but so they don't mean to, but they, the devil will try to use them to get you off the course that God has called you to do. And so you have to say, is this a my assignment? And you know, I have found that people will let you do things that, that, that he called them to do, if you will do them. I know when my little grandmother, and I'm going to close with this, when she was sick and she had cancer, they said, I don't really think she did in retrospect, but uh, she was having to go to Lubbock from Seminole, which is 80 miles, to take treatments for a while. And, you know, I looked in my heart and I said, I, this is not what I'm supposed to do is go take her. Now, she and my grandfather both wanted me to do that. But I knew that wasn't what I was called to do and that there was somebody else that was graced to do that and graced to help her. And um, it took a lot of courage. And it was, it was hard sometimes because, you know, you don't want to disappoint people and you love your grandmother and you have to kind of remove yourself from the emotional tug and say, you know, this is not what I'm called to do. People will try to put what they want you to do on them. But you got to have the courage to say, no, we're not supposed to go there. No, that's not how we're supposed to spend our time. Because if we don't, then we turn up being tired and drained. And we spend our vacation doing something besides getting refreshed and getting full and getting having that time, that downtime. And we go back to work and we're just frazzled. But we were doing something somebody else wanted us to do instead of what God called us to do. So it took a lot of courage. And But you know what? When I didn't do it... There were several other people that stepped up to the bat to do it. And they were graced to do it. And I did what God called me to do. 
And sometimes, you know, things affect us. I'm called to be a healing minister. And back in those early days when I was just learning to be a a healing minister, back in those very early days, one thing I didn't need to do is go saturate myself with doctor talk. I needed to stay out of that realm so I could focus on another realm and get a whole bunch more people healed. And that's the God has a call for you and He has a plan for you. And you're going to have to have the courage because the devil is going to try to fight you through other people from fulfilling the call of God on your life. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray today. Lord, we lift up our service today. We thank you, Father God, that there's going to be utterance in the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Father God. Oh, we just praise you for your presence. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We pray, Jesus, you be glorified today that every heart and every person would be drawn to you in Jesus' name. We give you the praise for that, oh God. Lord, we're asking you for increase of salvations and increase of healings. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Lord, make us sensitive to your spirit today that we flow with you to accomplish the will of God and that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven today in this service at Word of Life Church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pray, Father, for the gifts of the Spirit today. Holy Spirit, fall. Let the rain of the Spirit fall on every person today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.